This episode of Didn't I Just Feed You is sponsored by By Heart. Longtime listeners know that Stacy and I both struggled with infant feeding stages with all our kids. Breastfeeding was hard, and choosing a formula was, well, also hard. We're thrilled to be working with By Heart, an infant nutrition company on a mission to make the best formula in the world. Not only is By Heart an easy-to-digest formula, their formula is also clinically proven for easier digestion, less spit-up, and softer poops versus leading infant formula. By Heart has their own patented protein blend that includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey-to-casein ratio, just like in early breast milk, which is tailor-made for a newborn's digestive system. Curious about By Heart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com slash podcast with code D-I-J-F-Y for a limited time. That's byheart.com slash podcast and code D-I-J-F-Y, short for didn't I just feed you. Additional terms and conditions apply. We know you're seeing all the Mother's Day gift guides everywhere. And while we usually do some didn't I just feed you version, this year we have the one perfect Mother's Day gift that works for everyone even our last-minute shoppers, mylifeinabook.com. Mylifeinabook.com is a unique service that turns the life stories of people you love into a beautiful book. Here's how it works. Every week, mylifeinabook.com will send your gift recipient a question via email. These can be pre-written questions that they provide, or you can customize the questions the way that I did for my mom. Your recipient can either type her response or use their voice-to-text feature. MyLifeInABook.com compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. I'm really excited to be creating a book with my own mom this year, and I can't wait to hear some of her childhood memories, what it was really like raising three kids as a single mother, and how she's enjoyed becoming a grandmother, too. And when the book is done, you'll have a beautiful keepsake for her and for you too. You can even choose to have an audiobook created from the recordings. It's easy to sign up and the process is automated so you don't have to worry about missing a week. Check out mylifeinabook.com and use code D-I-J-F-Y at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com. Use code D-I-J-F-Y for 10% off today. Constant exposure to a wide variety of flavors is so important, especially during those early years. But I've personally found that simply using herbs and spices, oh, and vinegars, is like the easiest and best way to achieve this. Welcome to Didn't I Just Feed You, a podcast about feeding us kids. Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Stacy. And hey, while you're listening, be sure to hit subscribe. You can do it wherever you listen, and it will help make it quick and easy to listen to every episode whenever you want. And if you're feeling extra lovey-dovey today, you can also smash all five stars, too. (laughs) (laughs) I love saying it that way. I know you do. Because you got that from Isaac, right? Yeah. Smash them. We have a fun, I think it's a fun episode, although some parents will roll their eyes at the question of how do I get my kids to eat more veggies? And the answer being, you make them taste good. (laughs) What? (laughs) I mean, let's just like do not tune out people. But like they'll roll their eyes. But A, it's a question we all ask all the time. We have a guest today who has a really little one all the way through 12 years old. And we're all asking the same question and have been for years. 
And B, that's the answer. <laughs> you make them taste good. So. Um, I feel like this is a little personal to me because we recently, like within the last month, have made this switch to trying to eat more vegetables, but more actually just not buying meat. Like we'll, we will eat meat outside of the home. And if I have to test meat-based recipes, we will do it. But we're trying to get our kids to eat more vegetables and like be excited about it. So I was really happy to chat with men as we try, as we try to do that. And I feel like it's also the best time of year. If you're like, really want to get your kids excited about veggies, it's like prime veggie time going into summer. Yeah, dude, it's great. Vegetables are great right now. And also they're easier now because you can use a light touch or even cook them raw. Stacy, did you say you can cook them raw? <laughs> oh, did I? <laughs> That's hilarious. Where serve them raw? Serve them That's raw. That's what I mean. Mom brain. Yeah, I meant serve them raw. It's mom brain, and we're batch recording. And you know what? We're talking a lot. We're doing it. We're doing it. So serve them raw. So even things like asparagus that you might think you always need to cook. I don't want to give anything away about asparagus, but it's going to come up. Trust me. Yes. And I really love it raw better than cooked. And I just shave it. And make a lovely little salad out of it. Yeah. It's one yes. of the only ways that I like it. Okay. We have a really fun question though, that you um, shared with our didn't I just feed you listeners, which is what veggies do you hate? And do your kids know? <laughs> well, I already gave mine away. Ah, spoiler. I, I hate asparagus. I just don't think it tastes good. It's some like weird, astringent, like bizarro flavor. And then your piss smells. Okay. Actually, wait, we should address that. There, It is like a should genetic we? thing. Yes. Hold on. Because it's kind of cool. This is like the stuff I nerd out about, which is it, not everyone can smell the compound that makes your pee smell weird when you eat asparagus. What? Are so you like, kidding? Yeah. So I have it too, but let's say like that Mike doesn't have that, that gene. You can have stinky asparagus pee and he would never smell it. That's crazy. Isn't that wild? Genes are like, they're just wildly fascinating. Yeah, they are. And, and what our bodies and the way that they process chemicals from like chemicals, ingredients from vegetables is is amazing to me. Quick little side note, speaking about genes having nothing to do with vegetables, but you know what? Our audience likes to get to know us. On kitchen.com, you wrote an article ahead of Mother's Day about your grandmother that is really beautiful. We shared it on Facebook, but I'll put it in the show notes because I think people should read it. I hope that's okay. Don't do cringe, it. Megan. It's beautiful. But the main photo is a picture of you when you were nine. Yeah. Eight, I think I was eight or okay. nine. Yeah. I think I was eight in that photo. Besides being the most adorable little kid, you look just like your son, or actually your son looks like you, except I've met your son. I've seen tons of pictures of him and I always thought he looked like Brian. And then I see this picture of little you and I'm like, oh wait, no way. They look yeah. just like each other. It's wild. It really is. There's actually pictures of when I was five or six where my hair was curled. And I don't know why it was curled because <laughs> uh, I don't really have curly hair. But we've shown them to my daughter and she will be like, but that's me because oh she has curly gosh. hair. And I'm like, no, that's actually me. It's it's real like genes and what we inherit from our parents is really interesting. So do your kids also hate asparagus? So 
we got answers from our audience and you're all very good parents because <laughs> you all were like better than us probably yeah I, well that's what i'm getting at because you all are like but no like my kids don't know because i don't want to push it on them or whatever smart things you said and my kids so know that i don't like asparagus and it's true i've passed down the dislike who knows if they dislike it because that's their taste and if i had just done my 12 or what feels like 500 introductions without moaning myself they'd love asparagus or if it's my influence i don't know but none of us really like it i still cook it anyway every once in a while do you i, I appreciate do. that just to I make also a point appreciate that like you just it's okay it's like a fam- a vegetable that your family doesn't eat Yeah, but Mike really loves it. Yeah. So when it's in season and you can find asparagus, quality asparagus, most of the year. Yeah. I only buy it locally in season. I'm really precious about it. I'm not about other foods. But this one, I just say to the kids, like, you know what? I'm just going to try it again. This is the season. This is when it tastes best. Let's just try something new. And I usually try a new recipe, you know whether it's shaving it or like making a new kind of strata, which we talk about in our brunch episode. And we all are like, nah, we still don't like asparagus. Like, I know, okay, that's well, what we I tried. was picturing. Yes. I was like, everyone's at your table with this beautiful shaved salad of asparagus and all like making the vom face. Yeah, we don't love it. <laughs> shaved is better. That, that astringent flavor kind of goes away. And I'll add shaves of Parmesan or cubed fontina. So basically you're masking the flavor of the asparagus with cheese. Uh, Okay. Who doesn't do that when we're talking about vegetables? (laughs) What about me? Tell me what vegetable do you hate and do your kids know? Mm. Okay. I'm like having a hard time thinking of a vegetable I hate. There are vegetables I don't buy very often. Okay. Like I don't buy celeriac often. But I love celery. I think celery is a really underrated vegetable. Amen. Say it again for the people in the back. Celery is very underrated. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Literally. I don't buy kohlrabi a lot. Yeah. But those are like things I will eat and I enjoy eating them. But I just don't buy them frequently because maybe I don't know how to cook them. It's sort of like you were saying, I think it was two episodes ago, the hummus episode, like you have lunchbox veggies, like you have vegetables that you just buy every week. Like those are your go-tos. I kind of have like family meal veggies. Like I always buy broccoli and cauliflower and snap peas and carrots and radishes because I know my family, oh, cucumber, English cucumber. My daughter would eat a whole cucumber in one sitting. Yeah. So those are the things I buy regularly. And I, I don't do a great job of like getting out of out of that routine always. Though I'm recently having a love affair with grilled eggplant because I had to test an eggplant recipe for kitchen and I got to grill it and it's my favorite way to prepare it. But I don't I don't buy it regularly for my family. Do your kids I, like eggplant? Um they tolerate it. <laughs> it's one of the ones my kids won't tolerate. I I would say there's a small handful of vegetables that my kids won't eat. And eggplant is one of them. Mushrooms is another one. Oh, God. I love mushrooms so much. I do, too. My mom, don't you see a texture similarity there? There is. It's getting and me I, thinking. And I would say if you want to try it, 
I was going to say, if you want your kids to love eggplants, but I'm not making that kind of guarantee. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's safe. That is good. I did a, an eggplant bacon recipe for kitchen like three years ago, which is basically like you slice it really thinly. You put a ton of olive oil and then like some soy sauce and some brown sugar on the eggplant and you bake it until it's like crispy, chewy, almost like jerky bacon texture. It is so good. And my kids will eat an entire tray of it. But again, you're like totally changing that squishy texture on it. Yeah, totally. I wonder, Isaac might love that. Oliver doesn't like bacon. So I don't know. Yeah, it's not really bacon flavored. I think it's the smoky. Yeah, you don't even have, I think there's like a drop of liquid smoke in it, but you could skip that and just call it eggplant jerky. They might be into that. He might be. They're pretty anti eggplant. <laughs> so it's like, okay, then I the, really can't wait for our game at the end of the episode. I know. Well, also, yes, it's going to be good. <laughs> also, I thought that I was out of that phase where my kids' opinions about vegetables would keep changing. Yeah, no. Because now it goes for a longer time instead of like, you know, when they're little, it's like this week, I'll eat broccoli all the time. No problem. And then all of a sudden, like two weeks later, no, no broccoli. And they throw it on the floor. So now it's not like a week or two or even a month. Like they'll go a whole year liking something. Yeah. And then all of a sudden be like, yeah, I don't like that anymore. Yeah. I want to quote you on this one. You do? Yeah. Remember in the lunchbox episode where you said, listen, kids are allowed to not like Yes. Mom and dad. Yeah. That is the phase you're in, isn't it? You're past the exposure and they're just starting to form actual opinions and preferences. That's exactly right. And I have to say it does make it much more tolerable because I I truly believe that. Yeah. I'm like, okay, you don't like that the same way I don't like asparagus. Like, I get it. The one thing that frustrates me is that Isaac becoming a little bit pickier which, you know, I have to qualify that he's my adventurous eater and has been from yeah. the beginning. So pickier is really relative, relative speaking. It's not like Debbie Koenig in our picky eaters episode describing her tween. Harry and Isaac are the same age. Yeah. But it coincides with him starting to eat lunch at the middle school cafeteria. Mm. And that really bugs me because I'm like, yes, for the like 90% of the time, I'm like, that's just your taste buds and that's just your opinion. But there's another part of me that feels like now that he's in charge of his own lunch and Mike is in charge of breakfast, like when I was in charge of breakfast, I used to like sweet potato puree on your toast with cinnamon and like a lot of variety. I had to let go of it. I was doing too much. I love that Mike takes care of breakfast. It means I can sleep a few minutes later than him every day, but it's like yogurt and oatmeal. No matter how many times I remind him to please put a fruit on their plate, he doesn't. (laughs) So like Isaac eats yogurt every morning practically. Then he goes to school and he eats like bagels and chicken fingers or whatever he eats. Our cafeteria has a healthy-ish approach to food, but still- He doesn't have to have the salad. And then he comes home at dinner and he's had zero vegetables all day. And eventually, and I've even found this with me, if you don't make sure you're getting vegetables all the time, it's really easy to fall out of habit of eating them. Yeah. And now he's pickier. And I find that very frustrating. It sounds like you just have fewer opportunities for influence. 
which is hard, right? Especially when we're, we say, we've said this on, didn't I just feed you before? It takes as many as 15 exposures to something to like it and accept it. And I think that that's true of vegetables as a whole. Like if you're not having ample opportunities where vegetables are put in front of you, you're going to not eat them because we know that carbs taste good. Our body craves them because they're energy and he's burning through calories like crazy. I'm sure right now between basketball and school and just like generally being a boy who's growing a boy, a young man, excuse me. Yes. I apologize. He is a young man. It's so, (laughs) yeah, I think you bring up a good point and just sort of like trusting him trusting his body and knowing that like we've all gone through that phase. I mean, he's about to be a teenager in January. He's going to turn 13. I'm not and ready just for hoping, it, Stacey. Oh, it's crazy. <laughs> but hoping that he just comes back to the foundation we laid. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I that's why I hate the idea of putting pressure on parents of younger kids. Yeah. Especially around like vegetables, because that's also when you're like, have, I won't say the most frenetic pace because we have a crazy frenetic pace at this point in our lives too, but it just feels so overwhelming when they're six months, they're starting solids, they're a toddler. But if you have the opportunity still, and you have the time and inclination and no judgment, if you don't have any or all of the above, doing what you can to get your kids to eat veggies And just exposure, 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 I think is really important. It's really worthwhile. We are going to talk with Min about her. Her son is, Caleb is two, and she has some really good advice. And she speaks about this idea of this like flavor window, window where our kids are very, can be easily influenced when they're really young. But before we take an ad break, I just want to add, because this was an aha moment that you had in the first season of Didn't I Just Feed You when we talked with Jill Castle about sugar. But I think it applies for veggies too, which is it's never too late. Kid, at any point that you're deciding, like, I'm going to push veggies a little more or I'm going to expose my kids to vegetables more, any any age, whether they're six months or whether they're 12 going on 13, it's never too late and it's worthwhile. I love that. I think it's true. And I know this time I consciously said I love that because I know I say it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. I think that our big takeaways around veggies, having school age to tween between us is put in the effort to make them taste good. We're going to talk about that with men as well. Do what you can when they're little, but give yourself a break and know that it's never too late. Never too late. And it's okay to not like some veggies. I don't. Although, you know what, Megan? You never said that there wasn't a veggie you didn't like. Of course. You're like, oh, I don't know. I like them all. I really, I, I'm so, <laughs> like, I'm not trying to be my goody two-shoes persona that I seem to have with you, Stacey. Because <laughs> I admire you. I'm the tired I old will, mom. When, am I going to think of it later? I can't think of a vegetable that I don't like. Okay, think about it. But because after say, we talk to Min. I, how about this? How about I'll share this and then we'll we'll jump to our ad break and introduce Min. Brian, my husband, does not like tomatoes. And I honestly sometimes can't believe that I married a man who does not like tomatoes. Like even made into a delicious sauce. He will eat tomato sauce. He'll eat ketchup. 
he tolerates them in his food. He's not like, oh my not, God. Like, he won't eat them if they're on his plate. He'll kind of avoid them. Like if they're in pasta, like big chunks of cherry or like sauteed cherry tomatoes, like he'll kind of avoid getting them on his plate. And the kids know that he doesn't like tomatoes and they bring it up. They're like, well, dad doesn't like tomatoes. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's Ella. <laughs> yes. I Who is tell. very sassy at seven and a half, I will say. I could tell by the voice <laughs> that you meant that was her. But we, you know, I try to always just be like, well, that's, but I do. I love tomatoes and maybe like you'll like them this way. And the funny thing is that when she was really little in our first house in Georgia, we had a vegetable garden and we grew lots of varieties of cherry tomatoes and she would like make herself sick. I mean, some of the diapers I changed off cherry tomatoes. So one of the things that we've started this year, and I'll share updates on Instagram, is we're turning part of our front yard into a vegetable garden in hopes that it will help our kids like things like tomatoes and maybe eggplant if we grow some of that. So yeah, I cannot think of a vegetable I don't like, Stacey. All right, I'm fine. sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, fine. Which is why you're such a perfect fit for our sponsor in this episode. So let's take a quick break and hear from them and then talk to men. Stacy, I have to admit, sometimes I roll my eyes when experts suggest prepping veggies in fun, novel ways, even though sometimes we recommend that. I know, I get it. We do do that. But the thing is, it works, right? That's why we make that suggestion in the first place. But the thing is, it also takes a lot of extra time and energy and effort that busy cooks don't often have. Exactly, which is why we're so excited about the new line of veggie swap-ins from Green Giant. Their frozen riced veggies, veggie spirals, veggie tots, and cauliflower pizza crust are a busy cook's dream. Made with nutritious vegetables like cauliflower, sweet potato, beets, and so much more, these affordable shortcuts make serving veggies easy, fast, and fun. And because they're frozen, there's no pressure to cook them before they go bad, like those pricey prepped veggies you get in the produce aisle. With tons of options from broccoli and cheese veggie tots to nothing added veggie spirals that are 100% veggies, no sauces and no seasonings, there is something for everyone, even your picky kids. To learn more about the full line of Green Giant veggie swap-ins, visit greengiant.com. And be sure to download coupons at greengiant.com backslash promotions to try them today. We were so excited to talk to Min Kwan. Min is a registered dietitian who shudders at the word diet and believes that no food is off limits. Though it took her a long time to realize this. See, Stacey, I'm not the only one who loves all vegetables. (laughs) (laughs) When it comes to food choices, salads and Cheez-Its are both welcome because she believes that food is meant to be celebrated and not to make you feel deprived. Amen, Min. Amen. Motherhood has made Min especially passionate about raising mindful, joyous eaters who are in tune with their hunger cues and a big proponent of baby-led weaning. And if you guys look on her Instagram, kidfriendly.meals, oh my goodness, her son Caleb is the cutest thing. Um, She she, shares videos of him eating almost every day and he's so cute. I want to squeeze him. Yeah. It's like hard not to write to her every time and be like, I want to steal your baby. (laughs) Even though we said in the last episode, we're done with babies. We're not done with Caleb. Right. I just meant like steal them temporarily and then (laughs) give them back. Thanks very much. (laughs) Anyway, um, we had a great conversation with men and I love that 
the three of us talking meant this like wonderful range of ages that really covers all the different seasons. So let's hear from Min. What are some of your favorite ways to prepare veggies? And do you have any favorite go-to recipes? You know, I truly believe magical things happen when food goes into the oven. So most definitely, I love to either roast or steam roast. Um, Yeah, they make veggies taste super delicious. But what I've really come to appreciate is the convenience. So I can just pop the veggies in the oven while I'm preparing the main dish. And you guys, seriously, my toaster oven has like become my best friend. (laughs) Sounds kind of sad, but it's true. (laughs) And it's just been such an easy way to make sure that there's some sort of veggies on the side with each meal. Um, I'm sure you guys are familiar with roasting, but have you tried steam roasting? I have never heard of this. So when I was preparing veggies for my son, when we first started our baby leg weaning journey, I did a lot of steaming because the foods, you know, had to be pretty soft. Um, But I just found them quite bland and boring, to be quite honest. So so then I thought, how could I make them soft enough for him to be able to eat, but also so much more flavorful? Yes. And that's when I discovered and fell in love with steam roasting. So with this method, you can actually like toss everything in oil, herbs, spices, what have you, like you would with um, roasting. But then you cover the pot. And by doing that, the veggies will steam in their own juices, making them soft. So there's essentially no need for water, which is brilliant because, you know, it's just cuts an extra step out and, um, you know, less dishes (laughs) and it's seriously the best of both worlds. And it worked so, so beautifully for us. I mean, he just loved his veggies prepared this way. Um, but now that he can handle more texture, we mainly enjoy roasted veggies, but from time to time, I like to shake things up and we'll steam roast. And caramelization is a really important point, I think, Mm -hmm. especially when you're cooking veggies for kids, Mm -hmm. because caramelization is the process of bringing out the natural sugars in vegetables, right? Mm -hmm. So if we all know kids' palates, or we don't all know, we're we're telling you guys, (laughs) (laughs) the kids' palates are primed for sweet flavors. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I said we all know is because we all experience that as parents, right? Mm -hmm. The more bitter vegetables, broccoli, Rob, for example, kids are like, ah. (laughs) And that's because it's a very bitter vegetable. So when you bring out a vegetable's natural sweetness, you're much more likely to have success serving it to a kid, Mm -hmm. especially a kid who, you know, is pickier or tends to like sweeter things. Megan, I think between the three of us, we have we cover like a really great span of ages because Caleb's small, right? Mm-hmm. He's about two. Mm-hmm. And then Megan has four and seven. And then I have nine and 12. It's yeah. actually really a beautiful arc <laughs> because in the beginning, in the very, very beginning where Caleb is, it's, it is, it's just like exposure, exposure, exposure. Mm-hmm. And, you know, taste I believe the taste matters throughout, but the Mm -hmm. truth is you could take the most, you know, delicious preparation of broccoli and still have a toddler that will reject it 50 times. Or a first grader. Or a first grader. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I would say like sort of getting to the question of is taste or presentation more important? It probably varies from season to season and age to age. Like I know, like obviously 
veggies tasting good is always going to be important. But right now for my first grader, I find that she's like more interested in how things look. And sometimes she won't eat a roasted carrot because it's brown. Yes. Even though she loves raw carrots, but she would devour, like you could grate a carrot and she would just devour it with salt and pepper on it. Totally. Um, So that's exactly where I was going. I feel like Obviously, it varies child for child. So that is absolutely the baseline, right? But I do feel like, generally speaking, it goes from just like pure exposure, like Mm -hmm. a pure numbers game to um, presentation Mm -hmm. and like texture and Mm -hmm. how it like looks and feels. And that can be anywhere from like, you know, you mentioned seven, your first grader, but even Oliver's at the end of that stage. Mm -hmm. Like he still doesn't like when avocado browns or when a carrot is roasted and looks wrinkly and is too soft because he likes really crunchy, you know, raw carrots. Same with peppers. Loves raw peppers, hates roasted peppers. And then when you get to the older kids, like Isaac, taste starts to become, like with adults, like the main thing. But then the funny thing is, by the time you get to taste, he's already formed so many Mm -hmm. opinions about what he believes he likes and doesn't like. Mm -hmm. And that opinion was formed in all of the years that we just talked about through all of those other seasons, Mm -hmm. that even though those other things like texture and look and exposure were primary, it tasting good had to be there as a given the whole time. Mm -hmm. So that if he did take a taste. If we did convince him one time here or there, you know, that time or this time, it had to taste good in his mouth so that he had the memory of it. Because if it tasted like poop, he'll be like that one time when I was seven and I tried cauliflower, it was disgusting. Disgusting. And it sticks with you. <laughs> oh my God. I swear at 12, he totally remembers like the one time he tried cauliflower and didn't like it. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay. So fine. That one time I just steamed cauliflower and gave it to you. You were a toddler. Who cares? Well, he cares. And now the 12 year old will not eat cauliflower, like no matter how delicious I make it. So, you know, we have all these other factors, but I think mm-hmm. taste is a really important, like given the whole time. It has to be the foundation of making it taste delicious, right? So research shows that babies are more willing and likely to accept new foods during what's referred to as like this flavor window. And that familiarity is a huge part of taste. Um, So knowing this, I set a goal for myself which is so typical since I set goals for like everything, (laughs) but that's just how I'm made, you know, but I set a goal to introduce hundred new foods to my son before he turns one. And that's the very reason why I started my Instagram account. Um, I used it as like this online food diary journal um, where I shared his meal since day one, every single day. Um, And it truly did help motivate me to keep working towards my goal. And now that my son is a toddler, I'm finding that presenting veggies in a fun way really does help encourage eating. Um, And I told myself that I never, never, ever, ever be that mom. Um, But here I am cutting foods into all these cute, you know, shapes like bunnies and bears and stars and having a go at this whole food art thing. (laughs) 
I've never heard it referred to as a fla- the flavor window. Yeah. And I love that. It sort of sounds like magic where it's like <laughs> all you have to do until they're two or three is just make them vegetables that are delicious. That's yeah. it. And yeah. like then you want to eat them too and you're not cooking two separate meals. You're just mm-hmm. cooking vegetables mm-hmm. that taste amazing. Right. Which leads me into my next question, which is chefs and restaurants, they use a lot of like butter and cheese and cream to make veggies more delicious. Mm -hmm. Salt. Salt. So much salt, (laughs) right? Sugar. Sugar. Oh, some honey roasted carrots that are like so honeyed. Yes. Give it to me. But as a dietitian, how do you feel about that? Or like what advice do you have for parents who want to make vegetables more delicious without adding tons of sugar or fat or salt? So as a non-diet dietitian, I believe there's no food that should be off limits, period. Well, unless I I guess um, if it has trans fat, then yeah, limit. Um, But it's about moderation and balance. And the only time that I can get my husband to eat his beets is by drenching them in butter. So, and I'm all like, yes, me either. man (laughs) ate his beets. (laughs) So by the way, I'm over here trying to prevent peaky eating with one of my boys and then trying to end it with my others. So we're always working really, really hard on veggies around here. But um, yeah, yes to butter, cheese, all that yummy, delicious stuff. But think of it as just one way to make veggies appealing and not as this end all be all right. So we want to continue offering the veggies in different ways. Because again, that constant exposure to a wide variety of flavors is so important, especially during those early years. And um, but I've personally found that simply using herbs and spices, oh, and vinegars is like the easiest and best way to achieve this. Yeah, I found the same thing happened to me actually after I had kids because I reduced salt in my cooking. I mean, I have a very similar story to you. You know, my original blog was called One Hungry Mama and it was all about, you know, feeding Isaac when he was a baby and a toddler. And we, I really was an undersalter for a long time. I'm just sort of coming back now when they're nine and 12 to figuring out how to salt my food at the right level where I feel like it satisfies other people and me too. But mostly people still have to add a little salt to their food at the end. But then I just got used to it. And so now everything tastes salty to me. And then eventually also... I started paying attention to sugar and reducing sugar. And now everything tastes so sweet to me too, because we just reduce sugar at home as well. And sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, things that I used to love are so like cloyingly sweet. It's like too much. Well, I have one last question Mm -hmm. that isn't really about making veggies taste good, but... (laughs) (laughs) I like to end on controversy. (laughs) What do you think about hiding vegetables from kids? Oh, good question. Yeah, right? Yes. If you just can't figure out how to make broccoli taste good and Mm -hmm. your kid just doesn't go for it, just chopping it up and putting it into a meatball or a nugget or Uh of some sort. Yay or nay or does it depend? What do you think? I mean, we all do this, don't we? Because we care so much and we just want our children to be the healthiest that they can be. I mean, why just serve a plain dip when you can give them broccoli dip? (laughs) Granted, if you have the time and if your kid will actually eat it, right? That's important. 
But from a nutritional standpoint, I do it all the time. I mean, I like to add extra veggies to sauces, dips, muffins, breads, what have you. Um, but if we are thinking about teaching our kids to learn to appreciate the veggies, whether they are raw or cooked, um, then we have to give them plenty of opportunities to see, touch, feel, taste, you know, all that good stuff. And But that can take a while. Um, so, you know, what can we do in the meanwhile to ensure that, you know, our children get good nutrition? Um, add to different foods as we just talked about. However, like instead of making it into this whole, oh, I'm hiding veggies, you know, and being all sneaky about it, turn it into a fun activity to do with your child. So let your child see the vegetables that you're adding to the sauce, smoothies, muffins. You know, my son just learned to say brococo, that's broccoli. <laughs> And his whole entire face just lights up when he sees this mini tree. Tree, It's like so cute. And I mean, that's what it's all about, right? So, you know, I guess long story short, um, sure, add veggies to uh, foods whenever you can, but continue to give the child plenty of opportunities to interact with veggies themselves. I love that. That's, that's very balanced. Yeah. And I feel like we've asked other guests a similar question and no, and basically everyone agrees like, yes, you can hide veggies, but should you do it all the time? Probably not. But no one's ever given that perspective of like what's really important, what they're really missing out on when you hide veggies is that exposure towards their mm-hmm. exposure count to a new vegetable. Okay. So Min, What other things, if anything, besides flavor and presentation do you consider when you're trying to make veggies a win with the whole family and especially with kids? So we talked a lot about uh, cooking and steam roasting here because, but I also believe it's important to serve the veggies raw too, Um, you know, because that's a whole another flavor and texture experience, Um, not to mention it will make our lives that much easier. I mean, how easy is it to just chop them up and then there you go. But, you know, they might be a hard sell at first and for a while, too. Um, at least it was with my son. Um, and what really helped us was serving them with all kinds of dips. And one of the dips that I make all the time, and it truly has become um, a staple in our home, is hummus. Um, now there's like that classic version. But to me, hummus really just means beans, tahini, oil, and then anything goes. Um, you know, throw in whatever veggies you'd like. Um, we've tried it with beets, carrots, broccoli, peas, uh, let's see, parsnips. Oh yeah, crazy how much my son loves his parsnips. And by the way, if you haven't tried, just try steam roasting them um, with some cumin. I mean, it's so good. And you can have fun experimenting with like the different beans. So it doesn't just have to be chickpeas. You can add white beans, kidney beans, black beans, and then whatever herbs and spices. Okay, Min had some really great things to say, and we're going to share a really fun thing on our Instagrams where we're going to see what Caleb eats in a day as a toddler. I'm going to share what Ella eats in a day as a first grader, school age kid, and you'll maybe share what Isaac eats in a day so we can see the range of like how from toddler to tween our kids are eating vegetables in a day. That'll be so fun. Ella. Ella. Yeah. Did you just say that? And I was zoning out. It's okay. <laughs> I swear I listened to you. I think I so. Swear I think heard. I said that. Now I can't remember. Okay. Um, Cause that that's good. I was gonna say I'll comment 
with some feedback compared to Oliver too, just so that we have like a good like range of ideas. Yeah. And just for anyone who's not familiar, Ella is seven and a half. She's going into second grade. School will end for her this week. And then um, Oliver is going into fourth grade. Third. Third. No, fourth. Ah! Yeah, yeah, right? You can't nine even keep your and half. ages no. straight. <laughs> he's nine and a half. That's, see, so that's why you should take no offense when it seems like I yeah. wasn't listening no, to you. I, none. Um, <laughs> he is nine and a half and he is going into fourth grade next year. Yeah. So they're like, they're right in the same little zone. I mean, I think there's some developmental differences, but I just would love for this little project that we're doing with men to show what a huge range of normal is and to kind of just focus on making veggies taste great. I mean, that steam roasting that men brought up is freaking genius. I know. I don't do it enough. Yeah. Like exposure, making things taste great. You know, we can maybe also on Instagram share some recipes, our favorite vegetable recipes. Yeah. That and might just, be fun we, too. We change up the shape too. Yeah. Yeah. Although I don't do that. But oh, I guess shaving <laughs> asparagus. Yeah. Or like you do, you use the rice cauliflower from Green Giant or they're I like do. spiralized veggies. It. That's just changing the shape. It's not, it doesn't have to be cute always when we talk yeah. about changing the shape of vegetables. Thank you for saying that. Cause I do, when people say shape, I go to like, oh my God, I'm not breaking I'm not making cutters. cucumber stars. Yeah. Can't believe you're not doing that, Stacey. Why? Don't you <laughs> love your children enough? <laughs> <laughs> okay. We only have a few more minutes. So let's play this really fun game that you brought to us, which is kiss, kill, marry. <laughs> With vegetables. With vegetables. I'm going to put you on the spot and say, Stacey, kiss, kill, marry, celery, eggplant, Romanesco. Oh my gosh. Okay. I don't want to kill any of these. I have to say, but here's what I'm going to, here's how I'm going to go. You've got to pick one. Romanesco, I'm going to kiss because it's so fancy looking. (laughs) (laughs) It's so bizarre looking and unique. And like if Romanesco walked into a bar, I would definitely look at it. Okay. So I'm going to kiss that. Okay. I'm going to marry eggplant because I know people have strong opinions about eggplant, but I think it's solid. You know what I mean? Like it's attractive with that dark purple, like regal kind of color. Uh oh, I'm going somewhere funny because we know how people use eggplant in their <laughs> the eggplant emoji. I wish it we just, were doing emojis this week so we could talk about it. It just seems solid. I can count on it's it. Sweet. And you know what? It's sexy. Let's just say it. It's sexy. And that's what I want. I want to be able to count on you and I want you to be sexy. Uh, and I guess so. That I feel like you just described Mike. Like Mike is an eggplant. Yeah, right. <laughs> Mike is eggplant. <laughs> I guess that means I kill uh, celery act, but I don't feel good about that. Why? Okay, what is celery act like- for anyone who doesn't know? <laughs> and they're like, "Why are you villainizing this vegetable? It's so ugly." First of all, it's so ugly, which I guess is why I didn't kiss or marry it. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm shallow AF. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, you're a Leo. You can't help it. Thank you come you. by it honestly. Um, it's a root veg. Is it the root of celery or it's a root, I, that's a what root I've vegetable? Assumed. Are yeah. we spreading false information? <laughs> we should qualify that in the show notes. Okay. I will. It is related to celery. So it has celery flavor. It's a really ugly root vegetable it's sort of hard to peel but people let you you eat it raw a lot as like in a celeriac 
remoulade, which is like Frenchy mayonnaise mustard mm. mixture. And it Yummy. makes kind of like a coleslaw that's like really crunchy and has that celery anise sort of flavor to it. So yeah, I like celeriac. I always feel like I'm going to say it wrong. Shaved in salad. It's also great mashed. Oh yeah, I forgot with mashed about potatoes that. Or, or on parsnips. Oh yeah, parsnips and celeriac parsnips. in a mash, so good. Yeah, but still, you'd kill it. I'd kill that's, it. I mean, because that's, that's, what that's what's to. left. And yeah. I had strong feelings about romanesco and eggplant. Fair so enough. So it's your turn. Okay. Celeriac, eggplant, romanesco, kiss, kill, marry. Tell us. I'm just gonna get right to it and say I would also kill celeriac. <laughs> I not because I don't like it. Just to be clear, I'm okay with celeriac, but I never buy it. It's not something I would kiss or marry. <laughs> I am going to say marry Romanesco. Oh. I know you said kiss it like you would just have a little brief love affair with would, it. But yeah. for people who don't know, Romanesco is like a variety of cauliflower, broccoli. It's like in that same family. Um, and it's beautiful. And it's also pretty mild in flavor. So we buy it a lot and we call it dinosaur broccoli for my four-year-old. He thinks that's like the funniest thing ever. That is cute. Because it does look wild. It has like this almost like prism shape to it, like a triangle cone shape to it instead of being rounded like cauliflower or broccoli. And it comes in a variety of colors. So it's fun to cook like you would broccoli or cauliflower, steam it, roast it, shave it, whatever. And then I'm going to say, even with all of our innuendos about eggplant, that I would kiss it. (laughs) (laughs) Even because or just because. (laughs) Even because. I think it's one of those, like, it's kind of underrated. There is a big knowledge gap. And how to use eggplant. <laughs> Not everyone knows how to get satisfaction out of it. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. <sighs> you're, you're right, though. Also, we shared some eggplant in Austin. <laughs> <laughs> that was so good. That was like flash fried, and it was so good. Oh, it's delish. I think eggplant is one of those vegetables, like, it wants to be really cooked. Whether you're having it in baba ganoush where it's like very soft and mushy or you're like grilling it until it's supple or um, roasting it until it gets crispy on the outside I know. and you're soft saying, on the inside. Like, you have to work it over. Yeah. It's maybe too much for me to marry it. <laughs> so... <laughs> That was the most Scorpio answer or thing you've ever oh, said on the was. show, too. It yeah. was. Yeah. We were so perfectly ourselves with that game. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. We're going to get that on a t-shirt, like we said last episode. <sighs> All right. <laughs> Stacey, take us out of here. Find us as Didn't I Just Feed You on Instagram and Facebook, where you can also join our private listeners group. The answer to the secret question is still whiskey. <laughs> Most importantly, subscribe to Didn't I Just Feed You so you don't miss an episode or an inappropriate joke about food. <laughs> and if you like what you hear, tell your friends, rate or review us on iTunes. We love it and it makes a really big difference for us. Our music is Good Old Times by Alex Cohen, provided by Jim Endo. A huge thank you to our editors, Jeremy and Samantha Gatsik, and the team at Counterweight Creative. I am Stacy. And I'm Megan. Stay sane and well fed until next week. And hey, if you need something to listen to next, check out our friends at Selfie Podcast. 
Hey everyone, I'm Sarah James, a beauty blogger and self-help aficionado. And I'm Kristen Howerton, a writer and psychotherapist. And together we host the podcast Selfie, a weekly podcast about two women trying to tackle better self-care. We are both of the opinion that self-care is important, and yet we find it elusive. And while we may have all the info we need, we don't always get there. From the silly to the serious, we are taking a vulnerable yet humorous look at body, mind, and spirit. And maybe a touch of the random, all while looking at the distractions and defenses that keep us from caring for ourselves like we should. You can find us by searching for Selfie Podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and also online at selfiepodcast.com.